calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com slash Motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's S-H-U-R-E dot com forward slash M-O-T-I-V. Hello and welcome back to the second series of Girl Chat, a podcast talking about love and relationships with Chloe Trayford. Hello. And me, Tyler Paul. Hello. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I, like I like was waiting for the hello. I can say it. And today we have a guest on our show, which is the lovely Laura Miko. Hello, Laura. Hello. <laughs> um, I've just met Laura over the phone in the past half an hour and can confirm she is lovely and I cannot wait to talk to her today over in Newcastle. Um, first things first, I have a really bad cold. So not only do I sound really bunged up, I will just start spouting some delirious conversation, no doubt, uh, at some point. Also, uh... My next door neighbour, he's, he, he's 11, I think, and uh, he has a drum kit, so if you hear some weird drumming, you don't have tinnitus, uh, it's just that in the background. Um, sorry about it. I also can't shut my window because it's broken. <laughs> anyway, so, series two of Girl Chat. Chloe, did you ever think we'd get to a second series? Sure. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we'd get to 10 episodes we've done pretty well we have uh, thanks to everyone for listening and yeah let's keep it going uh, we've had a bit of a redesign of the old logo uh, and uh, our first series made us kind of realise how much as millennials uh, the kind of internet and social media and stuff has an effect on our relationships and friendships and stuff. So for these next few episodes, however many there are, we're going to be like honing in a bit more about on uh, how the internet has changed the game up. Sometimes, Tara, when you talk, I just lie back. And <laughs> um, just like, like, just listen, just listen for a bit. Oh, thanks. But now I'm back. She's, She's back. back. I'm sat up. <laughs> um, um, excuse me. Oh, I'm really unwell. I'm very unwell. Um, yeah, we send Tara well wishes. Thank you, everyone. listeners. Laura Meeker, for example. I'll be sending them. <laughs> She's sending them. <laughs> um, thank you so much from all the way over there. It's very kind. Um, yeah. I, so, let's just get cracking, shall we? Just get into yeah. it. Just get into it, brother. Okay. Um, so... Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, this is, I forgot how like, bad we were at this. <laughs> we haven't done this for like six weeks, and I was like, oh man, my life is so much more together when I was doing a podcast, and now I'm just like, actually, no. <laughs> so, it's just so strung together. Uh, anyway, so we're going to talk. It's part of the charm. 
yeah, I, I like to think so, but I, I don't know. Just getting that panicky. Like. Tara, we have a good podcast. We're beautiful. We're lovely people. And we're smart. Thank you. Tara. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about contraception. Um, and the different options out there. I, I think, sorry, can I just say one more thing? I think I'm just nervous about speaking because I just sound so bunged up. So would you like to take the mic, Chloe? Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about contraception. Yes. As you, as Tara's already <laughs> said, this is how good I am at it. I just repeat what you've said. Um, so we want to first start by going around in a little circle and saying what our first contraceptive choice was and why we went on it. Okay. So should I start? Or who else wants? Do you want to start? This is like Contraception Anonymous. <laughs> Contraceptions Anonymous. <laughs> Laura, when did you, did you take the pill to start with? Yes, so I went travelling when I was 17 for a month. So I originally went on it because I got really really heavy periods I just didn't want to be on my period when I was away so yeah. I went on the pill then but I had a boyfriend at the time and knew I'd probably be losing my virginity pretty soon so I stayed on it and that's when I talked to my mum and she was like you don't need to be on it anymore and I was like oh I kind of do I made to feel a bit bad I think not that my mum wanted to like make me feel bad but I think she thought I was too young which is fine but I kind of stayed on it secretly um, so I had to like hide it I felt like a bit, yeah. a bit shady which is ridiculous really and then um, when I broke up my boyfriend I went off it for a year I think and then when I started to have more regular sex and became more comfortable with it I went back on it and then I've been on it since so I think I was like 19 then so I've been on it yeah. since um, okay. I've changed pill once recently to like a less estrogen one just because I was saying, like you were saying, Tara, I felt, I don't know, I'm getting a bit freaked out by, like, what it could be doing to my body, which is ridiculous, but, you know, so it's how quite did a new thing, that? isn't it, so. Yeah, because obviously, in recent years, there's been lots of discussion and things in the news about how, how much we almost don't know about the pill. Yeah, like, exactly. And lots of doctors, you know, lots of women going to their doctors again and again, with these problems and them just changing them from from pillar to post, if you excuse the pun. Um, sorry, that was like a bad pun because like from pillar to post, but like it contains the word pill. Um, but changing them from like pill to pill um, without ever really like trying to get to the bottom of why they might be feeling like yeah. depressed or anxious. Yeah. And um, so how, how did you change your pill? Did you just ask your kind of doctor or? So I usually, if I can, if I have time, I go to my doctor at home, but I usually probably go to the clinic because I'm never good for like booking appointments. So I went to the clinic in Newcastle and I just said to her, like, my mood's been really bad recently. Like I've had some major mood swings and it always kind of coincided with my period. So I wondered whether like, the pill and the hormones was having a role in it yeah. so I just talked to her about it and they were actually really good at that Newcastle clinic she just told me oh that, that's so good yeah there was like different pills I could take she went and kind of discussed it with like that in-house doctor and then she actually yeah, just gave me three months pill of a lower estrogen one which I've been on recently which oh I think right so it's like a bit less intensely hormonal yeah exactly so I think it's still as effective but yeah there's just less hormones 
in it. Mm. So I do think it's helped, but I think my mood's been less. Crazy. Oh, that's great. I I first went on the pill when I was sixteen, not because I was having sex when I was sixteen, but because I was going to Glastonbury, and, uh, and so I got my ticket in October, and I sort of calculated that in June I'd be on my period like the week of Glastonbury, so and that was like there was no chance, there was like no way I was going to let that happen. Um, so with those like toilets and stuff and just was like no um and yeah but since i've been to glastonbury since on my period or i've come on my period at glastonbury and i can confirm that it is the most like wonderfully that visceral experience to be menstruating in a field when you're just so high off your nut so it's actually a really nice experience but at 16 i didn't know that um but uh yeah yeah, and one year at Glastonbury, I'd like because I didn't I didn't know I was going to come my period, and um, so I had to go to like that little tent, you know, the little supermarket tent that does like food and milk and stuff, and the only sanitary products they had left were like massive like nighttime always pads, like it's kind of like nappies, <laughs> and. Um, so I I was like bought them when I was like away from my tent and I was like hanging out with this dude who I was like getting like it was all getting quite steamy and then, um, like I don't get embarrassed that easily but we were at the bar and I went to like get my purse out of my bag and forgot that I had like the whole fucking packet of this these like <laughs> nappies like in my bag <laughs> and I went to take my purse out of my bag and they like all fell out into the mud. <laughs> Like, no. oh my god just because they were so big I think it's why I got quite embarrassed they were like super sized maxi <laughs> those nappy always are so ridiculous but they're great for Glastonbury um, I remember I remember having them I remember having really heavy periods for a while and having to like wear them and then also put a towel down on my bed oh when my I god, slept that's why I used to do put a towel down I'm like, put a towel down, put a towel down. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to do this yeah. <laughs> it's like wow why and the fear of like bleeding through just on sheets that aren't yours like you said yeah. the night the whole night like yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god oh my god it is real <laughs> so we've all been on the pill and then Chloe you're now um on the hormonal implant which is, is that the one in your arm? Yeah, well, the coil. Oh, the coil. So the one in your fajina. In my fajina. <laughs> fajina. <laughs> so, yeah, I got the... Um, so, basically, ever since the pill, I went off it because it was too hormonal. I was getting depressed, is all I can say. Um, so I went off it, and then I was just using, like, withdrawal method for must have been in my like actual height of like sexual activity just withdrawal method with every single person um, kind of risky but... yeah extremely risky mm. extremely like unexperienced inexperienced I mean like no idea like of the consequences at all um but yeah for, and then it resulted in me having to have the morning morning after put like three or four times I remember and just like feeling so shit every time like having to like trudge down to boots they don't make it easy for you do they it's literally like here is your walk of shame yeah here's your walk of shame the day after you're so hungover yeah um yeah because the thing like 
you know, they do all they do tell us the nurses at the sexual health clinics and stuff. Like I've I've had the morning after pill twice, and I like I <laughs> I had it both like twice like within two weeks, <laughs> and the, you know because they have to ask you questions, don't they? Did they do that with you? I think if I remember right. Now. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And they ask you. They like, ask you like. They, like he brought me in, so I didn't go to Boots or whatever because this is moving on to what he um, said previously about Boots. Boots, um, BPAS, which is the British Pregnancy Advisory Service, um, held a campaign last year to get Boots to like basically reduce the price of the morning after pill because for some reason Boots was like charging really extortionately for it. Or like by extortionate, I mean like £10 more than like other pharmacists and stuff would. Um... So when I had to take it, I didn't want to go to Boots because I just couldn't afford it, which sounds crazy, but, like, when you're broke, you're broke, you know? Um, and the problem with the morning after pill, if you want it for free, is that you can have to get it from a pharmacist, which uh, are usually only open Monday to Friday. Um, anyway, um, so, yeah, I went, like, twice within two weeks, um, and it was the same guy. <laughs> and the second time, he was like really you're here again and he was like you really shouldn't he was like you shouldn't really use this as like a contraception method but at the time I was on a waiting list to, to get a coil um like appointment fitted um because with the coil they have to like uh, apparently they have to have a telephone consultation and da, da, da. and it's weird because it's like why contraception should be more readily available than it is <laughs> because yeah yeah I think yes and no I think it is quite readily available like especially here in Newcastle we have like a clinic that's really good actually yeah. it's like you can just make an appointment go they also have walking sessions yeah and even the walking like it's definitely better than my one at home like I went in for some tests and literally like you go in it was done and they text you results it's so like yeah. they kind of make it how you'd want it to be. This like, is in Newcastle. Like, mm. like, results. Like, they just text me, like, you're clear, fine. Yeah, and, yeah. Or they'll ring you up and get you to come in, but... Yeah. 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 Um, That's good, because I, yeah. in, I know in London, like, when I've been, or people that I know have been before, you know, it opens at nine o'clock in the morning, um, and they don't usually offer appointments, um, so you just have to go there and see how long it takes you so if you have I mean it could be for anything it could be for an, like an STI check or if you want to go on the pill or change your pill um, you... yeah. Um, but yeah I was going to say like I think I think that it is readily available like in certain areas well here anyway I think it's just like the the fact that it's not talked about you don't you don't get really any information about it I had to go on to Google and search, like, sexual health clinics in Newcastle. Yeah. No one tells you about it. I think, like, all the information we get as girls as well, a lot of it's, like, come from my friends of, like, horror stories. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, my friend's cousin's, like, friend got the coil and it was horrific and this happened and this happened. And then it yeah. makes you think, like, shit, I'm not, I'm not doing that to myself. Whereas, really, yeah. it's, like, if you just did your research, you would be fine. But even then, like, I don't know, I think it's built up to be quite a scary thing, like... It's quite intimidating, yeah. is it? If you're a 16-year-old girl, like, going to the sexual health clinic, it's a bit, not embarrassing, but, you know, you kind of sat there you by yourself, yeah. like, oh, I see someone I know, or... 
Especially, yeah, especially as a teenager and you really feel like you're being judged. Yeah, exactly. So actually, I have a story. Um, what you didn't hear is just all of our technical difficulties. We <laughs> just have to record and re-record <laughs> the same four times. But it's relevant, so I'm going to carry on saying um, So, this is my story. Off we go. Um, yeah, so I remember when I had unprotected sex... Um, when I was like on kind of on holiday in Bournemouth um this guy and I had to wait until I got back to uh Peterborough my hometown um and to, for, until I could get the pill because I wasn't allowed to do it somewhere I wasn't registered or something strange anyway so I got back to Peterborough and I went to get the pill from Boots and it was 30 pounds I remember the morning after um and so I basically I text the guy who I had sex with, asking him if he'd pay half. And essentially, there there are two parts of the story that I want to get across. The first one is he, the way he did it is he bank transferred me fourteen pound ninety nine. Sorry, that's so funny. Yeah, with the cap. Wait, say this more with the um. You know, you can do like a yeah, description right. with a description saying um, gender equality. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. And then the next thing that happened, and it was quite like jarring for me to take this pill anyway. I think it was only the first time I'd taken it, maybe the second, but uh, yeah, I, the first time I went on my own. Um, and then the second thing that happened is I remember I went to my mum about it because it was... It was like four days after I'd had sex. So I wasn't sure if it would work. And she's a nurse, so she knows a bit more. Um, and I went to her and I said, I told her about it, basically. And she came back with me. And it, it ties in with what Laura said about her mum being, being, there being a bit of a stigma with different generations. Uh, and my mum was like, well, why did you get him to pay half? Like, you shouldn't have got him to pay half. Gender equality, um, you should have said. And showed him, <laughs> showed her what he wrote. Description. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, one, she didn't really want to hear me talk about it, and two, she didn't. She sort of had that opinion, and I think that's an opinion that's very much of that generation, and it's carried on to our generation. That essentially, the girl is the sole like uh, enforcer of the contraceptives, essentially. Uh, which has always been in my mind. Like, I've always... Anyone who I... Any boy who I've had sex with, really, like, it's never been one to... Apart from maybe the exception of, like, two, has ever been adamant about wearing a condom. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my story. Finally, I've got it out. Laura's <laughs> 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 giving me a round of applause. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, well, I agree with you, but I, but I mean, like, there's, there's no, there's no contraception, apart from the condom, like, I'm sorry, I'm so bugged up, <laughs> apart, from, apart from the condom, there's, like, the contraceptive methods are all for women, um, and that really, really sucks, um, but it's just kind of, like, I don't know, like, one of those things, like, I know this is slightly different to your point, that you've had experiences with people who don't want to wear a condom. I mean, for me, for me, like, contraception is definitely kind of twofold. It's about 
protecting against STIs and then also preventing pregnancy. And there's, it's almost a bit like you, people don't care as much as the STI thing. So, you know what I mean? The sort of... So then the woman... Like, it's the woman's job to prevent pregnancy because the coil, the implant, the pill, all it does that. Whereas the condom is a bit more like... You know, it's... Um, yeah, and almost I feel as though the condom is kind of just there to stop STDs. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think... I wouldn't solely see it as, like... I feel like you have all the contraception girls take as, like, the coil, the pill and all like that. That Yeah, that's purely for pregnancy, whereas a lot of people don't even think about STDs now. Like, mm. realistically, the boys have one thing to protect themselves against because a lot of them don't see pregnancy as an issue for them because it's completely out of their mind, like, it's not even their issue. Which I find baffling because, like, you know, it's half your problem. But I think a yeah. lot of them see it as, like, 1% their problem, 99%, like, the girl's problem to, like, get rid of, or... Which is great, but, like, I've... A lot of the people I've slept with have been very, like, oh, like, do we have to? Or, like, oh, I haven't got one. And, like, if you're going out with that intention, like, I don't know, I, I always try and be prepared, like, be prepared. Well, they'd, yeah. re- what, they'd really be so, like, lax about using a condom if you... If you're not on the pill, but the thing is, you have been on the pill. Because, like, I think yeah. for like. This is how I was on the pill, but it also hadn't been discussed yet. It was never like, oh, you're on the pill, yes, cool. Oh, okay. Um, it was, and also, there's never a conversation about it, like, beforehand. It's always, like, in the moment, in which case, I think a lot of girls who were on, like, as strong could be like, oh, God, panic. I'll just not use a condom, it'll be fine. Yeah. And that'll probably be like 99% of cases that end badly, like. Yeah. Yeah, and. and um, I know of a lot of people, and this has definitely also happened to me, where, like, like I felt not comfortable enough, because yeah. a lot of sex I've like, had... It's speaking up, really, isn't it? It's being like, up, I'm not comfortable, yeah. which a lot of people, like... And it is, it's like, if you're a bit drunk, you know, you always feel a bit like, oh, can I say this? Is this okay yeah. to say? Will it kill the mood? Yeah. Will I look, sorry to use other words, that I hate frigid, because that's, like, what, that's, yeah. like, you don't want to be, like, oh, my gosh. But I, I, I hate the word frigid too, Laura. I hate it. I've literally like sent a guy home before because I've been like, if you don't have a condom and I don't, it's not happening. And he was so shocked, and I was like, well, uh, I was on so the pill at the time, but I was also like, you might have an STD. You don't care about giving it to me. I might have one. I don't care about giving it to you. Like, why is it just yeah. so pregnancy based? Yeah, <laughs> that just reminded me. I once <laughs> that just reminded. I once met a guy a night out, and. Um, we exchanged numbers and um it was never going to be like a romantic relationship okay fair enough but we, we were texting and stuff and then he was like basically like trying to arrange a time when we could meet up and he was like i promise i don't have an sti with a prayer emoji and i was like <laughs> i trust you so much thanks wow i was just like why would you i was i remember i texted my friend about it and was like wait, does this mean that he definitely does have an STI? Because otherwise, like, why would you say, I promise I don't have an STI? Like, I wasn't even thinking that you have an STI, dude. That, That's so funny. It was that so funny. Be our, that could be our, like, picture. That was, like, emoji usage in that context. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just remember being so shocked. Like, yeah, man, I'd like to think so. Like, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, But also, just on the topic... If, if you do have an STI, it's nothing to be ashamed of. But you should go and get it checked. Um, it leads me on, I've just seen this thing on the BBC that's saying that like more than um, 
here we go, 72 um, sexual health clinics in the UK are planning to cut their sexual health funding uh, in the next year, the next financial year, which I think is completely nuts because uh, it sounds like you have a really good setup in Newcastle, but I know that in London it can just be so bad to try and get a contraception appointment anywhere. And even in Peterborough, Chloe, I, I don't know how far you ever had to like access that in, in Peterborough, but it was always really, really difficult. Um, I did in Peterborough, but yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's it's kind of shocking that like in order to cut costs in the NHS, like they're cutting it from uh, sexual health services, which people kind of think are, well, people should just use protection more and they should know, but you know, it's not as black and white as that. And, like, the teenage pregnancy rate has, like, gone down in this country in the past, like, 20 years or so, but that's because of the funding that's been given to yeah. contraception services. And you can't just cut those again, because then it's just, you know, it's it's just it's just really important. And education about it as well. As you said, like, you don't really hear about it, you know. You should all know that the kind of options out there and... um. Yeah, and like you're saying here, like patients are like turned away at clinics all the time, and people like their nearest appointment, their nearest clinic could be like fifty miles away sometimes. And it's just, uh, yeah. So it's just, I'm just getting, I just get mad about stuff like this. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Tory conspiracy where they like make us pregnant so, so the kids can grow up and pay tax. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is not political podcast. Well, it can be. Um, it that was I was going. Labour. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> have you guys ever had the full STI check, like the yeah. HIV test? Yeah. Yeah, I've had it like three times, <laughs> but it's, I think it's good. It's quite scary, but it's good to do, and yeah. you know. Yeah, you should definitely. I think the the times I've had it done is because I've been sat in a clinic for so long. I'm like, well, I may as well get everything I can out of this visit. So, yeah, I, I think it's the best thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, people so like, I know so many boys Yeah, yeah. perfect. That's, that's so good. I think that's so yeah, good. Like, I just think it's so important to do. And yeah, I mean, coming from someone who's had chlamydia before, it is symptomless in a lot of fucking it cases. It's quite hard to treat, uh, easy to treat. Yeah, and the way you treat it. So it's one, it's symptomless, and but it makes you infertile after yeah. it, after a while. Um, well, it could make you infertile. Um, and the way they treat it is you literally just go in and you get three antibiotic pills and you take them all at once and then you're treated you're done so it's so easy and quick if you really like take uh onus is that the word onus if you take onus of your own sexual health yeah you can it, you can be on top of things and it's you don't have to worry i but think a lot have of people are like they're scared of consequences like oh if i take a test that means i have something yeah like i know it's like it's a scary thought but realistically like like you just said like you have chlamydia 
oh my god, I've got chlamydia, like, yeah. no one has to know, if you're embarrassed, you shouldn't be embarrassed, but, you know, I mean, no one has to know about it, you can just get it sorted, and... Yeah, and also, pretty much everyone has herpes anyway, and that never goes away, so, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a sign no I'm not going to say that <laughs> I was going to say it's a sign of sexual experience but that's not a good message to put out like um, <laughs> um, no one's listening by this point anyway it's fine um, cool yeah so I guess my final message is like contraception is is a part of life admin if you are a sexual person um and it can be a drag i guess um but it's important <laughs> and yeah like see what works for you and don't be afraid to try different things until you found something that you're comfortable with and that can go from like different brands of the pill to like different methods um yeah. and i know it can seem hard sometimes like it is really hard to access help and services but kind of please take like you know comfort in the fact that it's hard for a lot of people and uh, it's just about educating yourself about the uh, pros and cons of a lot of things and just knowing that yeah just kind of put yourself first and look after yourself because sexual health is really important um yeah yes yeah. and I think um as girls don't um, don't beat yourself up if you um, aren't very forward about wearing condoms or like getting the pill or whatever because it's not really pushed on you um, and, and as boys listening well done if you're like always wear condoms but equally if you don't um, please always like at least have condoms on you or like um, inf- like at least suggest it but I think it but it can also be the responsibility sorry to interrupt it, um, it can also be like there's nothing wrong with girls carrying condoms too yeah yeah of yeah, course yeah. It's, it's everyone's responsibility but I think my main message is just like don't be scared to like talk up about it on either side I think that's where issues get created when no one says anything yeah uh, I've just quickly wikipedia'd ancient contraceptive methods just as a final I mean hang on uh, the ancient Egyptians um, put honey in the vagina to block sperm which I definitely don't recommend you try at home interesting. <laughs> um, and oh Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, fucking hell. A, um, a pessary made from crocodile dung. Oh, putting crocodile dung in your vagina to oh, stop oh, sperm yeah. reaching. Oh my god. I am never gonna complain about the coil again. That's horrible. That is so horrible. Yeah, definitely do not. I don't know where you get crocodile dung from. Yeah. But. And I feel like any, like, yeah, honey, you can use anything. 
specifically crocodile dung. But they didn't have like plastic and stuff, did they? Yeah, well, and they didn't have science, so it's like well done. Also, they like fucking they were so ahead of ahead of their times. Like, look at the pyramids, like well done. <laughs> <laughs> you may have been shoving crocodile shit up your vaginas, yeah. but you made the pyramids, so yeah. yeah. No, fair enough. No shade on the ancient Egyptians, obviously. <laughs> I know that one of uh, their greatest fans will be listening, so shout out to to my to my boy Sam Beal, who loves ancient Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> he loves ancient Egypt. He probably knew all that already about the old uh, honey and stuff. I'm sure he did. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks so much, Laura. It was so nice to talk to you today and meet you. Oh, it's weird, like meeting you over the phone. I feel like an actual radio <laughs> DJ. <laughs> like I don't know I don't know what you look like. Very like millennial way to me. <laughs> um yeah, please please do come on another one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh next week, next Wednesday, we're gonna be talking about periods. <laughs> Woo. Art flow. Um oh flow, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> the crimson wave. Yeah. <laughs> the crim- the crimson the wave on the floor. Uh, the painters that will be in next Wednesday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, so yeah, uh, tune in then if you want to hear about some periods because we're gonna we're gonna fight the taboo. I'm really up for talking about periods. So I will talk to anyone I can about it. So, uh, hope you want to listen. Um, yeah, DM us on Instagram or whatever. Cool. Awesome. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.